I can make something. I don't need it. Make something up? No, you don't. don't, No, but I don't need the Mountain Dew either. That's true. You don't. You don't really need anything in this life except the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bro, that's wild. Somebody should make a religion out of that. two sips of this Mountain Dew, and I'm all over the place. Welcome to The Crunch. It is your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. Coming at you live in the Week After Scandals podcast, where we're not going to be depressing anymore. We're not going to be sad, folks. Welcome to the no Not more, Sad podcast. No more sad boys. We uh, we are, uh, we're back. That's all I'm trying to say. So we're back on our normal in this, flow. Uh, in this past week, we're like, you guys said you had to talk about it, but like, did you really? And then I, I've talked to so many other people that meant the answer was yes. We did have to talk about it. So yeah, take we that. We got a lot of positive, positive feedback from that one. We got some really great positive feedback, like right off the bat, from some people we respect a lot, and also mm-hmm. the people over at the Roman Circus Pod. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we got a lot of really good feedback from a people that do really good podcasts, and then also the Roman Circus guys uh, hit us they, up. They hit us up. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you guys like that burn. I came up. I it. came up with that burn. That was pretty good on the spot. Yeah, uh, that was funny. Thanks. Everybody should listen to them. They're great people. Yeah, listen to um, the episode that I did with Matt. It was a couple of. Uh, oh, I did an episode with them. I kind of forgot that I did one. Yeah, them. I we did we did a two parter. Me and Matt did one Crunch episode and one Roman Circus episode, like continuously, like they used to do on Disney Channel. You mean like the the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody crossover, Hannah Montana crossover, That's So Raven? You mean That's So Sweet Life of Hannah Montana? Yes, that's, I do. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. <laughs> or, or more, probably more appropriate, the Jimmy Timmy Power Hour <laughs> is really what or, it was. Or the Wizards of, or Hannah Wizards of Waverly Place on Deck. I don't know. There was, there was one of those two. It's like the episode of, of iCarly where Drake Bell walks in and calls Carly Megan and asks why Crazy Steve is there. <laughs> That was one of Dan Schneider's finest moments. Also, uh, it was yeah. one of Drake Bell's last fine moments. This is it's so funny because <laughs> I've been rewatching Drake and Josh, and the whole show is very clearly propping up Drake to be like the famous singer, right? And then right. he just he just disappears. He's just gone. Nobody knows where he is. And then Josh is like four million followers on youtube right yeah subscribers he's got a tv show so famous he has his own tv show and then drake bell is just drake bell. i hope that he's doing i hope that he's doing what he wants to do he's probably playing music and loving it um but it's just funny how the whole show drake is the cool guy who serially uh lusts after women and then <laughs> he gets his comeuppance by uh not being famous anymore and josh who did all of his homework right yeah only only kiss girls that he knew, except for that one time he kissed that deep voiced woman um because he got on a TV show or something. I can't remember what it was. Man, you're really you deep into the, the Sorry, I'm deep in the lore of Drake and Josh now. I didn't mean to. <laughs> That's the word I was looking for. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I need to stop watching TV. So this it's this just goes kind of to like... show you kids. This goes to show you kids. Do your homework. Only ever kiss one person. And mm-hmm. that is at a time. First... <laughs> at a time. If you're if you're if you're trying to kiss more than one person at a time, you got a really big mouth. Yeah, <laughs> just like an absolutely massive, just set of meat in between those teeth. <laughs> what do you call it? What's like the word for lips? Um, 
Anyway, how you doing? Doing well? Oh boy, it's been it's been a great it's been a great month. Um Yeah, tell me more. Yeah, I I'm I'm writing two theses this semester. I'm just You're writing two Did you say theses or theses? <laughs> theses. I'm writing two It's the plural of thesis, Ethan. <laughs> I'm be I'm very careful. Every time I say that, people look at me weird. Like you're writing two. You mean two theses? I'm like, no, 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 theses. <laughs> it does sound like theses. Ah oh, man, I really hate these theses. <laughs> I'm on my knees because they're as bad as feces, and I uh, need to save the trees for the bees. I'm snapping. Like, I'm snapping at your slam poetry. Snaps, like my slam poetry. Yeah. Oh, my friend had a baby. Shout out Ian and his baby and his wife. Um, shout out, shout out Ian and his baby for scrupulosity. <laughs> um, shout out the Catholic card game for. Oh wait, we never announced this on the last episode. We should announce yeah. it now. Hey, we, we got are the, in the game the for real this time. We're in the game. We've got an expansion pack. We just wrote all of the cards that we're going to send in. Yeah, we just had an hour-long conversation. It's in the bonus yeah. podcast if you want to support us They're on Patreon. hilarious. Yeah. So check that out. Um, Good. I'm glad you're doing well. I'm glad you had a baby. Um, <laughs> I Let's talk about me now. Um, I led my first ever Bible study as a focus missionary this evening, which is very Woo! exciting. Good it was with stuff. the soccer team. That's like I'm like starting out strong, you know, getting a bunch of guys from the soccer team all together. How many of them um, were not Catholic? Uh, three. Mm. Three of them. Yeah. Pretty um, good. I know it was a lot of fun. I was woefully underprepared, but they talked a lot, so it covered for me. Um, but it's gonna be. That's I think the they're gonna bring I even. Learned. That's one yeah. of the things I learned giving a Bible study, a weekly Bible study for middle schoolers was underprepare and let them talk because they'll appreciate it more when they're done with the Bible study. Yeah. You know, I think like, a good balance. Yeah. Honestly, I, I I've come, I've come to the conclusion that in leading a Bible study, letting people talk is not a side. It's not a side conversation. It's not like class when, when people talk, you're not getting anything done. What you're doing yep. is you're forming community, which is something that people our age desperately need and don't really know mm -hmm. how to form. And they're on a soccer team together, I guess. So they already have that right. kind of, but it's just, it's just adding another – yeah, it's another dimension. And one of the guys is actually a coach that helped me start it up, which is really cool. And he said multiple times, it's like, yeah, you guys are brothers on the field, but, like, there's a deeper brotherhood here that you can really dive into if you want to. So it's it was wow. really, really cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so that was fun. Um, but I wanted I wanted to share – I kind of didn't really brief you on what we were talking about this week. But yeah, I you just said you wanted to talk about something, and I was like, I'm always down for this. <laughs> that's why we have a podcast that's why we have a podcast um, i'm always like yeah let's talk about something let's talk about stuff so um i may have accidentally researched the five points of calvinism and read an entire book on mary on tuesday um the entire book the an entire book hail holy queen by scott Hahn. oh uh, wait who Dr. Scott Walker Hahn, the first man that I met at the Franciscan University. That was so funny. Oh, yeah, I, 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 but I have read that book that you're talking about. I used it for a paper once. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's don't, it, it wasn't that impressive that I read it all in one night because the margins are super big and they're, the lines are double spaced. Scott yeah, Hahn, get better at book formatting. Scott, um, Scott Hahn, Scott Hahn books, you can, you can, you can slam those through in a day if you're like really committed. Mm -hmm. You know, you can get through those. They're like 150 yeah. pages each. Yep. Yeah. And they're not too bad. As long as you just can get through all of his brutal uh, chapter titles, 
They're just so bad. They're all puns. I know. Like They're I all dream, puns. I dream of genealogy. Come on. Come on. Oh, my gosh. That joke isn't even relevant to our generation. That show hasn't uh, been on in years. Speaking of things, this is a total tangent, but um, <laughs> when people say that they try to make youth groups like MTV to make them cool, it just shows how out of touch the people talking about out of touch youth groups are. What because is MTV? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, they got to make it like, like Netflix. I don't know. They got to make it like Jules. Um, don't make it like Netflix. <laughs> so back to back to me. Um, <laughs> so let me just let me just preface with this. Right. So being a missionary is fun and good, right? And when you're a missionary, you're obviously supposed to be really holy and have super fruitful prayer and uh, nothing's ever supposed to go wrong. And ever. you know what you're doing. Ever, ever yeah. Right? Kind of like, like normal life, you know? Nothing exactly. is ever supposed to be bad forever. Exactly. And uh, just in like, I've been here for five weeks, I think. Three weeks, five weeks, six weeks. Um, a certain number of weeks. A certain number of weeks. Greater than one, less than a dozen. And ever since I've gotten here, I because when you're when you're a missionary, you go through training, and it's just like open heart surgery every day. You're just getting wrecked over and over again, right? And then MPV, when you're fundraising, it's just a month of surviving, right? Because you're so busy and you're calling people and you're stressed out because you want to get to campus, and you have to fundraise your salary, and it's just like it's a lot, right? Yeah, that was so a horrible just, month. I remember that month. It was terrible. You were like, I Not have terrible. no openings until midnight yeah. every night. <laughs> I mean, it, I shouldn't say it was terrible. It was a ton of fun, and I absolutely loved meeting with everybody that I got to meet with, but it was just stressful. And so during that month, you're just kind of surviving. And then you get to campus, and you're finally here, and then you just expect all these great things because it's been built up for for three, four months. And ever since I've been here, my prayer life has just been the worst the absolute ooh, pit. Ooh. Just terrible. Yeah. And it's and it's not, I'll tell you this, it's not for a lack of trying, right? It's not like I don't show up to Holy Hour every day. It's not like I don't do the reading plan. It's not like I don't participate in team meetings or talk about Jesus ever. It's literally I will go to pray and I just I just end up sitting there for an hour. Like it, and it's not that I'm bored and it's not that I Sometimes it's that I fall asleep, but it's, I just, I don't know what to, what, what to do. Right. And it's, it's hard because you, I've been tr trying to sit and receive more from God, just mm -hmm. not, not be so focused on the doing, but be more focused on the receiving. And I think I went maybe too far and I just end up doing nothing. And, but then people say, oh, it's not bad because you know, as even if you're doing nothing, you're still spending time with God. But when it feels like you're doing nothing for five weeks in a row, it's just it it's just rough. Um, That's true. We want to see we want to see at least some improvement every quarter. Ex <laughs> my, my stock, my spiritual stock is tanking. Patrick. <laughs> I say that to illustrate a point that I'm trying to make. Um, mm -hmm. Ethan, nothing, nothing in nature blooms every year. <laughs> That's not true either. No, it's not. Do you remember that episode? Uh, is that a quote from our own? Is you just back catalog us? I just back cataloged one. Do you remember that one time that I said that I accidentally tried to quote something, uh, and said nothing in nature blooms every year. <laughs> <laughs> I 
did I roast you? Because it sounds like something I would roast you for. You did, and then Teresa made a meme of it, one of those like inspirational quote memes, and it <laughs> says, nothing in nature blooms every year. Patrick Nevy. <laughs> Which is like really depressing when you think about it. It's like, we got bananas last year, no more. Never again. <laughs> it's, it's never happening anymore. Um. It's crazy that you bring this up because you remember. Do you remember the apples of 1922? Oh, those are the best apples. Man, if only we had apples again. If only we had apples again. That just sucks. Um, Oh man, I miss basil. (laughs) I miss Cyril. So, oh, funny. You're funny and Catholic. Thanks. You should have a Twitter account. You should have you should have an anonymous Twitter account in 2012.com/i'mfunny.com/twitter.account/www.twitter.com/catholic_night_crusader9. Check out my blog. Check out my blog. Guys, my rosary and my headphones keep getting tangled in my pocket. I don't know what to do. I only have one pocket. Look at all these pictures of black and white traditional masses. Those are the only things I have on my phone. My favorite okay. saying is Pope Pius the something. This is a picture of Marcel Lefebvre. <laughs> All right. Now that we've so gotten anyway. that out of the system. <laughs> so, and I, here's the thing is that we talk about this all the time, right? Spiritual yeah. desolation. And it's not so much that I'm desolate. It's just that I am, uh, what's the word for nothing? I think it's just nothing. I'm not apathetic, right? Because I care. Yeah. Obviously, it's my job, right, to pray and to to grow in my relationship. Whoa, 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 what? What, it's my job to pray? Is it? It's your job to pray? Hold yeah. on, hold on, hold on. No, it's not. It's my job to wear Patagonia and post Instagram stories. <laughs> is, that, is that what you want to hear? Dang it, that's so true. <laughs> How are you so good at roasting folks? No, it's not your job to pray. It's, it's part of my job. It's no, it's not. It's not part of your job. It's not part what of your mean? job to pray. Okay, it's part of my life. The idea, the yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I'm trying to say. I I know it sounds weird. I'm not saying it correctly, but like the idea that it's part of your job to pray means if you stop doing this job, you stop praying. I know you don't mean that, but like, well, that's I mean that's true. When you leave focus, you don't pray anymore. <laughs> no, okay, yeah, you're right. And I shouldn't I shouldn't phrase it like that. I shouldn't say it's not yeah. it's part of my job to pray. Well, no, it's, no, let's 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 search that more. Let's okay. This is, well, step into my office. I'm Patrick, the psychologist. It's, okay. You you had a knee jerk reaction, right? And you said, mm-hmm. "It's part of my job to pray." Yeah. Now I feel like a lot of us out there, mm-hmm. in listener land, okay, feel like either so either we're in this in this missionary job, right, where you're mm-hmm. you're like supposed oh, to be get... leading Bible studies and like supposed mm-hmm. to be super mm-hmm. prayerful, and so you feel like your job isn't going to be done well if you're not at certain at like a certain level of spirituality that's higher exactly. at least than oh the people gosh. that you're serving. Yes. Yes. It's 100%. great. It's almost as if I was a missionary too. And I understand this feeling. Yes. So, or <laughs> on the other side of the equation, let's say you're not a missionary. Like most of the people that we're talking to right now. Hello. Hello. Let's say you're not a missionary and okay. you still feel because you have this vocation as the light of the world and the salt of the earth, you know, you feel at least this, 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 it's part of your job description. As you get up every morning and you gird your loins and you light your lamps. <laughs> and you light those lamps and you're like, you know, I need to go out in the world and I need to be super holy. So you, you walk into the chapel, right? Or you like sit down in your comfy chair and you open your Bible and you clock in. And then you're just watching the clock, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe not, maybe not physically, but at oh, least physically. mentally. 
physically. or even physically. Yeah. Yep. At least when you're done praying, quote unquote, you're like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I've had some, cause we all know that feeling, right? When you, you kind of, you kind of close the book on prayer for the day, even though you haven't like filled up the entire time. And you're like, I feel like I'm at peace with mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I am. And like, I feel you like feel I can good. stop praying. You, you feel, feel like, you feel, you feel good. like you've prayed it. You feel right? like you pray enough, you, right? You 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 pray enough to assuage your guilt of not praying. Oh my gosh, right? that's exactly what it is. That is one hundred percent what it is. Also, it I need to stop getting so close to the mic and saying s's. Apparently, yeah, because that's I don't know who said that, but someone on online. <laughs> um, because it's it's so easy just to sit down, read a little bit out of your spiritual book, maybe like come to one conclusion about something. They should be like, oh, I, I prayed today. You know, I did a good I did a good thing. And then you just kind of fiddle around with your pant leg until prayer is over mm-hmm. and you like leave. And it's just Oh, it's every day. It's every day. And it's if it's not that, then you're then what happens is you you fall asleep and you wake up and you feel bad about falling asleep. So you try to pray more to make up for it. And then you end up feeling stressed. Yeah, because you don't feel like you prayed enough to make up for the fact that you fell asleep in prayer, and then you leave prayer feeling frustrated and upset, and you don't know what's going on, and you feel like you're underprepared for your role as a leader in the church. I, and, and this so, is the thing. Oh but, my gosh, uh, I don't. Go ahead. Sorry, I I can talk about my thing. No, later. I feel like a terrible Catholic like all the time. Mm-hmm. Because of this, I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'm not good at praying. I feel like a I feel like a poser. Do you ever feel, feel that like, way? Yes. I feel like I'm I feel like a poser when I go out on campus and I start talking to people about eternal life, right? Oh the my thing gosh. that is, yes. the thing that is going to um the most important thing in the world. And I don't feel like I have any ground to stand on. When I sit I down in I'm, class and mm-hmm. my professor is lecturing about the eschatological man and like the the, the habitual sanctifying grace that lives in my soul, those words hit my ears like there he's talking about cell walls in and like mm-hmm, osmosis. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't it's just like, oh, this is a fact and it's just something that exists mm-hmm. and it's not something that really supposed to change the way that I live. And I had this conversation with my household yesterday and yeah. my friend Nino, shout out Nino, opened up this random book and I want him to reread the, I, I, want, I want him to read this to me every single morning because it was a Benedictine monk who was writing in his diary about mm-hmm. a conversation he had with Jesus where he was where um, the monk was saying, I'm not like doing enough. I'm, I'm not I'm not like praying enough. Right. And Jesus is like, stop. Doing this. Everybody does this. And I could just I could just hear the exasperation in Christ's voice. He's like, just so bored of us having the same problems as everybody else. But not even that. It's just it's like heartbreaking seeing the same people fall into the same pitfall of Mm -hmm. just like stop holding yourself to a standard you have set for yourself. Mm -hmm. Stop it. It's not. It's not gonna make you any holier. Like we have this idea of where we're supposed to be. We all want to be the levitating saint. Mm-hmm. And we all want to be the guy that knows exactly what to say in the exact right moment. And I mean, honestly, we have this the whole podcast thing where yeah. we, we kind of feel like we have we, we go through that all the time. Right. I feel like I have to say the right thing in every monthly mm-hmm. mailbag. I'm like, yep. but I can't. And that's OK. Right. And 
But then Jesus says to this Benedictine monk, it's not about the standard you set for yourself. Stop judging yourself based on your own standards. You have you have a stupid yardstick. It's not a real yardstick. The only thing that matters is friendship with me. Mm. And friendship with God, first of all, is such an insane concept. It's we, crazy. Because it doesn't make any sense. Aquinas, shout out Aquinas, nope. says nope. <laughs> Oh, um, Dr. St. Thomas Aquinas. Dr. St. Thomas Aquinas, He teaches at Franciscan. <laughs> MD, bro. Um, miraculous doctor. So he, uh, <laughs> he points out that friendship presupposes some kind of equality, right? You can't really be friends with your parents. You can't really be friends with your professor or your teacher. But in Genesis... Adam walks in friendship with God and we know that we are better off than Adam was. So we know that we then must walk in friendship with God. Right. Yeah. And that means that God must then have stepped down to assume some of us and have some equality with us. We call this the incarnation surprise Jesus, but friendship with God is such a crazy, like a crazy gift that Jesus, I feel like Jesus was pointing out to this monk and then to me, saying like look you don't need all these standards you've set for yourself these ideals are ridiculous and they're not important what really matters is the fact that i have descended from my eternal throne Mm -hmm. to stand next to you in the most trivial thing um and the the reason why it's so crazy you talk about this because we had we had big group which is the opposite of small group in my household very good. Two days ago. They're teaching you good at Franciscan. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. Big group is the really, opposite. Really learning a lot. It's really nice, though, because, like, everybody sits down, and we all talk about, like, how we've been doing for the past couple of days. And everyone everyone gets to catch up with everybody all at once. And someone was talking about they, – they talked about their summer, and they talked about their amazing time studying abroad. And um, they said right afterwards, like, yeah, and my prayer life hasn't been the best. Like, I've missed saying my rosary a couple of days, et cetera, et cetera. And it was kind of just this weird little thing he tacked on at the end. And it struck a chord with me, and I was like, wait, 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 stop. I don't mean to call you out because I've definitely said those words myself. Like, my prayer life's okay. I've missed my rosary a couple of times. You know, I haven't gone to daily mass as much as I want to. Um, and I stopped, and I was like, no, this is not – that's not it. Like, I, I, I know that feeling because I feel that right now. Like, I haven't said – I feel like I hadn't – I haven't said a rosary, a proper rosary in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but this ain't it, Chief. Yeah. But we, our prayer life is not the sum of the rosaries we remember to say. Mm-hmm. Our prayer life is defined by our friendship with God. Yeah. Um, and like the quality of our prayer is not determined by us. Like we don't determine what a good session of prayer was, right? <laughs> yeah. Even though we want to so bad. Even though we want even though we want to have the quarterly report, you know? I wanna <laughs> I wanna walk out of prayer and be able to give myself all fours on a one to four scale, with four being exceeds expectations. Right? That's what I want. I want a performance review. When I when I, I want, clock out, when I clock out, I get to mm-hmm. see how um I see how much, I did. Yeah, see I wanna see many, I wanna see how much gonna, money I made, you know, I wanna see how I, little people tip me, right? When I come out of the battle room, I wanna see Salamander Army at the top. At the top of the standings, right? Not at the bottom. Wait, I want to see. Uh, it's an Ender's Game reference. You ever read Ender's Game? Uh, nope. It's a book. Try it. It's actually one of my favorite, probably my favorite <laughs> book of all time. 
Ender's Game. It's a book. Try reading something. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, um, no, but it's it's this you uh mm, hold on. So when I'm in prayer, what I really so according to this conversation, right? What I really need to do is to stop caring about what the other people in the chapel are doing or will think about me. Oh, absolutely. Right? There have been so many times. That's step one, right? Or or here's another thing, and this is the problem with me slash us being so involved in, like, Twitter and online is because we get all these false notions of piety from the people that we follow and the people that we know. Oh, yeah. And it's not to say that those people aren't pious. It's we try to we create our own yardstick based on the people that we know that we think are holier than we are and so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so now all of a sudden i'm like oh well well he does this and that's oh well he's holier than me so i should do that well well she does that and i mean she's holier than me so maybe i should do that and then all of a sudden we get into this space where we're just afraid to do anything because we don't want to be um disrespectful unpious um unholy right and so we don't want to be behind we don't want to be behind. And so it just it prevents us from having our own friendship with God. We see how everybody else has friendships with God, supposedly, right? Because people just put out the best, right? Nobody puts out the worst. Um, we, we see how other people are having friendships with God, and we're seeing them. We're saying, well, my friendship with God has got to have some of this, and it's going to have some of that, and it's going to have some of this. And then all of a sudden, we're like, it's a Build-A-Bear friendship with God. <laughs> and we build this bear and we try to give it to him. And he says, this isn't you. Like, I don't want what everybody else has with me or what you think everybody else has with me. Yeah. I want, I want you. And so what I really need to start doing is like, when I feel like I want to just lay down in the church, I just need to lay down. Right. When I feel like I, there've been so many times where it's like, I would pray so much better if I was like praying this rosary laying on my back. I don't know why, but I feel like I can, Cause there have been times with my best friend, Josh, shout out Josh, where there was a a period of time in the month of March where I would go over to Josh's house every week on Wednesday and lay down on his floor and just freak out about life. Like I didn't know what was going on. It was the craziest month of my life. And I would just lay down on the floor and just, and he'd just be standing there eating cereal. And I would just be talking. I'd be looking up at the ceiling and just talking to him. Right. And be like, dude, that's crazy. <laughs> and and that's that's what that's what I want with Jesus Whoa. but because yeah but because I feel like I can't have it because I see that other people don't do that then that prevents me from having the relationship with Jesus that I want to have I'm starting to tear up I need you to talk okay like that this, is that is exactly what like, we need to have with Jesus okay I saw yeah. this I think it was an internet post of some kind somewhere that said, Jesus loves to be bothered. Mm-hmm. God loves to be bothered. Mm. I hate to be bothered. First of all, when I'm reading, <laughs> when I'm reading, is that why you never answer my text? Is that why I never answer your text? Whenever I'm reading, even I, I, I'm such an idiot because I, I read in public. Like I, I, I read better when there's a bunch of things happening around me, like in the student center. And then so that everybody will, can see how smart you are. No, no, no. I just, I, it's, it's always in a <laughs> corner by myself. And that's I'm where the food, that's where the food is too. <laughs> and so I'll like be eating food or drinking coffee and just like reading my, doing my homework. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I'm on a roll. Like I'm getting so far ahead. I want to keep getting far ahead in my reading. And someone will come up to me and like, 
there's this little twinge of resentment to that person for coming up mm-hmm. to me because I'm like, right. oh, how dare you? And then, how dare you interrupt my very important thing that I was doing? Yeah, which, even... first of all, it's not even that important because, I'm, as I said, I'm getting ahead in my reading, which I can always yeah. do later, right? Like we, And, and this is something that, that um, my colleagues in Franciscan University Residence Life have pointed out. Like, you need to live an interruptible life, which is mm. we can talk about some other times. It's very important. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really don't know how to do it that well. Uh, but God lives... We'll talk about that next week. Yeah. Shout out next week. Um, (laughs) (laughs) this episode's for next week shout out next week (laughs) um god lives a completely interruptible life if you think about it which is strange because he's unchangeable and lives you know and like anyway but i mean if you if you think interruptibility is unchangeable his interruptibility is unchangeable if you think about it his interruptibility is radical wait 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 wait, wait. you ready he has indomitable interruptibility write a thesis on it do it or in a book indomitable interruptibility if you think about it god has been interrupted since the beginning of time itself just straight up like we sent his plans were interrupted he rolled with it it's incredible where was i going with this i'll tell you as soon as i remember okay. um where was i going with that Talking about interruptibility. You're talking about being interrupted. You're talking about reading. You're talking about how you get offended when people interrupt you. Oh, yeah. God doesn't do this at all. So we need to be willing to interrupt him, right? Mm-hmm. And we need to have that kind of... I, I, I have the same uh, attitude when I walk up to people, right? I'm afraid that I'm inconveniencing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I need... Oh, yeah. And it, it's it's something that it's something that I need to get over, right? Like being interrupted, I need to be able to open myself up to my friends, and I do. And whenever I do, it's always a blast. Like, there's this one kid at school, Essence, shout out Essence. Every time she walks up to me, I know that I'm about to have like an hour and a half cut out of my day to just like hang out mm-hmm. with her and like do whatever she needs me to do. Um, she's always she always needs something. She's this kid that lives in Steubenville, and she's always like asking for a ride or for money or something. And I'm like, all right, cool. And, and so it, I'm always like, okay, something crazy is about to happen or a really long conversation about life, whatever I'm down. Um, and I need to have that attitude with other people. Right. But first and foremost, I understand that God has that attitude with me. And I always like, I wrote a note to myself in my notebook today during my class on Christology. I was like, I need to pray more today. Like I really need to work on my prayer life today. And it's such a strange thing to have written down, like it's a to-do list, you know? Like, oh, I need to, uh, step one, right, milk, eggs, uh, sacramental worldview, right? Like, with things I need to pick up at the grocery store. <laughs> or like, oh, I need to get my oil changed, and I also need to put myself into the right relationship with God. Like, so, it's such a, like, <laughs> and I mean, praise God that we live in a time where we're able to view putting yourself into a right relationship with God on the same level as like swinging because you can swing by a church and go to confession just as easy as you can swing by Kroger and go get some milk and eggs, right? Like praise God that that's a possibility. Um, but I, I, I wish I, I wish I saw things with eternal eyes because if I did those times in prayer, those five weeks of nothing, like you said, Mm -hmm. would Mm -hmm. feel like nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, cause we're not, the reason why I made fun of you with that whole like quarterly report thing is like, no, I deserved it. No, you totally deserve it. Five weeks is nothing. Yeah. Compared to eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, 
even like and, and I, I, I shouldn't even be talking because I can't even handle a day where I'm like, man, I felt nothing in prayer today. Like the, the amount of resilience that you have to go to holy hour feeling nothing, even though it's your job, quote unquote, like sometimes yeah. that motivation to clock in at holy hour is like a good is like a good thing to get us at least our butts in the pew, you know, mm-hmm. but. Man, it's it's just we we have such a we have such a narrow view of. Right. Of reality of eternity um Mm -hmm. and that's my biggest problem right now is not being able to see Mm -hmm. what i'm doing in prayer is something that was not possible two thousand years ago or a little more than two thousand years ago because like the prayer that the prayer that we do currently is Mm -hmm. so much more rich than the prayer of the people who live before christ and then, of yeah. course, the people who live before Christ, their prayers that have existed in Scripture have been baptized and applied to like life in the Holy Spirit, right? But, but we just we we what what these people hoped for and waited for, we live in like we're just soaked in this ability to just like stop right now and pray, and mm-hmm. you can do it. Um, we don't have to wait. We don't have to for, wait around for God to show up in a cloud or to like travel to the temple or to wait for Pentecost. Like we're just not Pentecost. Um, Passover. Uh, well, Pentecost is also a Jewish feast. Both, both and, um, <laughs> both and of Judaism. Uh, <laughs> hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Sick of being upsold at gyms. My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. We don't have to wait. And that's... mm. Mm. I'm still I'm still really shook by the friendship thing. And it's like the not waiting, right? Like when I was in school, right? And I could see my best friends every day. Right? Which is the best part about college. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Best yeah, part about college is seeing your best friends yeah. every day. Um is I could I didn't have to wait, right? I could text Josh or Kevin or whoever. And say, hey, like, let's let's do something. Shout like, out yeah, whoever. Shout out whoever. <laughs> like, yeah, come over. And then I could I could come over and and do whatever. And I'm thinking about now. I'm thinking about Josh's wedding, right? Which was a couple weeks ago. I don't know if I talked about it, but on this show. Um, but the time that I got to spend with with Josh, right? The time that I got to spend with my friends with Tracy, um, it was it was kind of that. You hear eternity being talked about as like a super joyful moment or the the best moment of your life, but like forever. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, if I could just, if I could live that weekend forever, well, all my friends in the same place. Right. And, but, and so then we're just talking about looking at things with eternal eyes this is what I'm thinking about. It's like, if I looked at my daily life with the same eyes that I had at the wedding or when I was, you know, in school and I was seeing my best friends every day, um, how different would my relationship with Jesus look? Would I do the same thing of just slumping down into the pew and then surviving until 
it was over just sitting there trying not to fall asleep getting up to go to the bathroom coming back sitting even though i didn't really have to go coming back sitting back down <laughs> um because i i never felt the urge to check my phone i never felt the urge to do something else when i was with these people i was perfectly in right i was perfectly in the moment i was perfectly i don't i don't know how else to say it right i can have that with prayer I just have to be willing to open myself up to it because it requires a certain vulnerability with God. It requires a certain knowledge of who he is, right? Yeah. And knowledge of who I am. And mm -hmm. it's like, am I am I really comfortable enough with God? This this is the struggle I always get with is like respect versus like you give people respect in the formal sense if you don't know them, right? So if I don't know the president, uh, a bad example. Um, if I don't know, <laughs> sorry, uh, if I don't know a priest, right, um, I'm going to go up to him and be like, not that I wouldn't ever not call a priest father, be like, hello, father, how are you? You know, very cordial, pleasant, right? But Father Gale, right, over at San Isidore's, I'm going to roll up and be like, when are we drinking whiskey? What are we doing? Take off my shoes, like lay what down up, on the Padre? couch. What up, Padre? What up, Padre? Start talking to him, right? As if he's an old friend because I know him really, really well. He knows me really, really well. So there's still a mutual respect. It's just different than the formal respect that we traditionally associate with like figures of authority. And so, and you can see that in all of your friendships and relationships and, and people that you've gotten to know over the years. So then I don't understand why when we get to prayer and Jesus tells us and he says, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. But we still, and we should obviously give God all of the reverence and the respect that he is due because he is the almighty. He is the holy. He is the king of kings, the Lord of the universe. He is all of that. He is our creator. He is our father. And we should respect and honor that. But at the same time, there's, a, there's an element to it that Jesus wants to be friends with us. He's and condescended so, to us, and we need to respect that too. Exactly. We can't That's say, exactly oh, right. no, Lord, I would never have you wash my feet. Because right. he says that if I don't wash your feet, you won't enter the kingdom of heaven. And then mm -hmm. not only my head, my feet, but my head and my hands as well, et cetera, wherever that's from, so, from the Bible. So when we're going to prayer, that's the attitude we need to have. Yes. And I don't know uh, what the balance is. I don't know how much. I don't, and I don't think, I don't know if we should even talk about it in terms of like a balance of like, you need to have 30 minutes of re respecting and honoring the Lord. And you need to have 30 minutes of hangout time with Jesus. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, obviously the mass exists, right? And that's very much a time of of reverence for the Lord. There are other times, you know, Eucharistic adoration, benediction, all those things. Um, but when we're just praying, right? And maybe the Eucharist isn't exposed, or maybe when the Eucharist even is exposed, it's do you feel like you're close enough friends with God to lay down on the ground and just talk to him? Right. Do you feel like you're good enough friends to like kick off your shoes? And some people will say, Oh, you're just being too casual with like God. I just don't think that's possible. Right? Yeah. I really just don't think it is. And so ask any parent if they mm. raise every single one of their kids the same way. Yeah. Because they don't. And if they do, they're bad parents. Mm -hmm. Like Nick is a lot different than me. Sean is a lot different than me. Shout out Nick and Sean that my, my parents raised them differently because they're good parents and they understand that Sean and Nick have different interests 
Sean and Nick handle the world differently, right? Like you can be a little rougher with Nick. You got to like guide Sean along a little, right? There's, there's just a little bit of a difference there. Um, my mom knows that if she demands total and unbridled like respect and like towing the line for me that I'm just going to resent her for it, et cetera. Right. Like, so she, she has like this, this, this cordial, like we have these cordial conversations where it's not cordial. What, what's the word I'm thinking of? Colloquial conversations where we like rag on each other. Right. Cause it's like, that's how, that's how I want to relate to my parents. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, she knows that like that, that, that's the way that I'll be able to be comfortable with her and like be able to, and she'll be approachable to me. Right. And so God has this same goodness in his parenting. God is the best mm-hmm. parent. He's the only one who should write a mommy blog. This is my this is my unofficial opinion. Um, For the record, Della, if you demand unconditional respect from me, I will give it to you every time. <laughs> every time. Hello, Mrs. Nevy. Hello, Mrs. Nevy. It is your boy, Ethan, a.k.a. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, like, God, God is going to naturally talk to you differently than he's going to talk to me. Sometimes mm-hmm. I hear Jesus say that I'm being an idiot. Because you know what? That's how some. That's how my parents talk to me sometimes when I'm being an idiot. And you know what? It doesn't hurt my feelings. It just lets me know, Patrick, you're being an idiot. Stop it. And then I'm like, all right, that's cool. Like some, sometimes when I'm talking to God, he's like, hey, Patrick, you're being a little prideful. You need to say you're sorry to that person. You're being kind of stupid. And I'm like, you know what? I'm mad, but you're right. And God might not talk to other people like that. He might be a lot softer with some people. He might be a lot heavier with some people, right? And so your friendship with God is going to be unique to you. Um, And so I think the next question, because we here at the Crunch Industries LLC are all about, uh, are all about practice over, you know, uh, oh my gosh, we're all about discussion over instruct. We're all about, um, we're all about like the, the practicals, you know? And so the next Um, question that I was going to ask, what? Practicals over... <laughs> particles. Right. I don't know. No. I'll I'll workshop it. You talk. All right. Uh so we're all about practice over here at the crunch. And the next question that I was gonna ask was, well, how do you increase your friendship with God? But it's a sucky question because terrible question. I don't know how to do that. Um well how do you, you increase well th- think about it. how do you increase your friendship with anybody? You get to know them and they get to know you. Which requires prayer. Spending time with them. Spending time with them. <laughs> it requires prayer. Oh, dearest Ethan. <laughs> um, Dost thou with Willis uh, grant my Amongst prayer. women who art in... Oh, who, oh, Ethan, who art in Tulsa. How, uh, <laughs> um, I, only, I, only speak, I only speak to my friends in Old English because it's how everything was translated every, uh, years mm-hmm. ago. Anyway, I um, only speak um, to my friends in Latin because that's the language Jesus spoke. <laughs> uh one of the, one of my favorite babylon b uh quizzes was like what's your uh what's your favorite music in church and it's like uh chris tomlin matt marr uh someone else and organ the organ because it's what the apostles used <laughs> um and i was like yeah. man that's poignant anyway so you said it earlier of like in order to increase our friendship with god we need to know who he is and we need to we need him to know who we are right mm-hmm. um but the trick is God already knows who we are better than we know ourselves. And St. Francis, one of my favorite stories of St. Francis is one of the novices in his order 
uh, found out that St. Francis would wake up in the middle of the night and pray throughout the night without letting the friars know. Like he would sleep for like two hours while the rest of them would sleep for eight and then he'd go back to sleep. And so no one would know that he had been up the whole night. And so one of the friars pretended to be asleep. One of the novices pretended to be asleep and like followed Francis into the, in, into like, and like watched him in his bedroom, which is kind of weird. But Francis mm-hmm. was, Francis was kneeling at his bedside with a crucifix laid on his bedside and he just repeated to the Lord over and over again, who are you, Lord? And who am I? Mm. And that is a prayer that one of the greatest saints that has ever lived continued to pray until he died. Mm. Who are you, Lord? And who am I? And he didn't receive that answer until his until his death and ultimately his glorification, right? And So what you're saying is... <laughs> We are the greatest saints. <laughs> we are the greatest saints. No, I'm saying that I'm saying that even if even the greatest saints didn't know who God was and who we are, then we shouldn't be so hard on ourselves. First of all, because as our as our Twitter dad, uh, Jake, has said time and time again, or at least one time, and I say it to myself all the time, your final glorification will not be your final sanctification will not be in this life. So don't be so hard mm-hmm. on yourself. As my friend Cristinato, shout out Cristinato, has said, Patrick, stop putting yourself on a pedestal. Of course you forgot to whatever. Of course you did this. Like of course you forgot to say your rosary because you're fallible like the rest of us. I forget to say my rosary all the time. Are you saying you're better than me and you shouldn't forget to pray your rosary? Anyway, being mad at yourself for not praying right is pride. That's all I have to say about that. But in addition, oh, dang. <laughs> well, that's well you've just cracked the case, right? Yeah, boom, wide why, open. Why? Well, no, but uh, I don't want to generalize. Why do people get frustrated with why do I get frustrated with myself? Missionaries, leaders in the church, ministry people. It's because we've been trained to think that we have to be infallible. Yeah. And they but and it's not because they've they've trained us specifically and said you guys are infallible. Like from no. It's and they say it very clearly when we're being trained and when we're kind of in the learning stages of our of our of our ministry, of our mission. It's um they tell us very clearly like you aren't going to be perfect, you know, yada yada yada. But the the comparison game is real. It's the, real. The expectation of success, right, of bearing fruit is all there. And so when you start to fall short of this idea that's been built up in your brain, it's so easy to fall into that trap. And so that's why there's a lot of pride, right? At least for me. Yeah. is because... We've been built up, say, okay, you guys gave up a lot. You're missionaries. We know we expect a lot from you because we know you can do great things. And so then when you get told that over and over again, and you've been trained to do great things, and you know how to do these great things, quote unquote, and you know how to disciple somebody and lead a Bible study and blah, 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 all the stuff that we learn how to do. You learn all this stuff. You're like, oh, man, I know how to do great things. And then your prayer life is super dry and you forget to pray the rosary. It's like, you've gotten shot in the face because you don't know how to cope with the fact that you haven't done a great thing. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. It's the presence. Ultimately our, our dissatisfaction with our prayer Mm -hmm. is, Oh my gosh, it's such a, we're so stupid, Ethan. We're so dumb. dumb. We don't, do you not understand that you are a child, Ethan? You are a, a little boy. baby. Just a little and baby boy. My, I can't even feed myself. My friend just had a child, and I saw a picture of him 
with his daughter and the look it hurts so much to see like not hurt but in like a good way it was a good kind of hurt you know what i mean it's like yeah it's, it's a, yeah it's a good kind of hurt and i i saw like the he wasn't even it was a, it was three quarters her face and then one quarter his like it was like an over the shoulder thing i could see his face a little bit like looking at her but it was just oh my gosh her face the way she was looking at her dad like she recognized who he anyway it was incredible side note um he would be an idiot if in like so two years when she starts coloring things and like this is a ted this is a ted tree thing but he like holds up a he holds up a a coloring a coloring book or whatever like a little coloring Mm -hmm. page it's like he would be the worst dad in the world it's like this Mm -hmm. is you daddy like no that's not. It's That's the worst lines. drawing ever, you idiot kid. And it's drawing that come back to me when you can actually draw me, you idiot. It's like Freaking nerd. Go read a book. <laughs> we can't. We can't image the father perfectly. We're so dumb. We're. We gotta stop. We gotta stop trying so hard. And like, well, no, we gotta keep trying, right? Well, we can't stop being so hard on ourselves. When we don't do it perfectly because we are finite composite creatures. Mm-hmm. God, I'm made of carbon. I'm made yeah. of carbon. God is the exact opposite of us. He is a holy, simple, spiritual, non-creature, creator, right? Like he, he is the not us. We are yeah. the not, you know, it's in the, mm-hmm. it's not only, it's not only a, a presence of pride. Like I want to point that out. It is pride, right? Us, us being, yes. this is, this is a podcast all about unsatisfaction and prayer, unsatisfaction mm-hmm. and prayer is pride because we have set up a standard for ourselves because we because we think that we deserve some type of satisfaction from prayer yeah first of all and also we also believe that what kind of what kind of friendship is like that it's like i'm friends with you because <laughs> i i plan to derive satisfaction from you what oh my gosh we're utilitarians 100 percent we're utilitarian when it comes to god so maybe we should i need talk- I, I need I, things I, from you i'm gonna pray to you if you don't give me those things then i'm gonna be pissed and talk about it on a podcast like I say, I say, I say us, uh, but I mean me. Like this is me specifically, and maybe you relate to this. I when do. I fail. I'm so mad at myself for having failed, yeah. and I had yep. a long yep. conversation. Yep. Like I said, yeah, and it's it's like putting myself on a pedestal, expecting things of myself of my own power is pride. First of all, it's pride, but also it's a lack of the virtue of hope. And since we've spoken of him a little bit, I don't know what, what's compelling me to read this, but I just I just want to talk about this with somebody because it's St. Thomas Aquinas, two years before he died, wrote a compendium of theology, which is like a shorter, a shorter Summa Theologica, right? And so he organized it into three sections, faith, hope, and love. He only got through faith and a little bit of hope. Um, and it, the, the little part on hope is 10 paragraphs long. And it ends with uh, the possibility of reaching the kingdom is the last paragraph that he wrote on. Um, And he goes, we must go on to show that man can reach that kingdom. As Luke 12 says, fear not little flock for it has pleased the father to give you a kingdom. God's good pleasure is efficacious in carrying out all that he plans. As Romans nine says, who resists his will? Secondly, an evident example shows that attainment of the kingdom is possible. And then the book stops. Nice. Right? Like, 
Secondly, an evident example shows that attainment of the kingdom is possible. And then homie attains the kingdom of God. Like, that's the next thing he does. I just threw the book yeah. down. That was expensive. Um, but, like, it's it's just... Whenever I read that, I read that last for the first time last year. And it gave me hope. You know? It's like, you know... Fear not, little flock. For it has pleased the Father to give you a kingdom. It's not... I'm not supposed to be a big sheep. You know what I mean? I'm supposed to be a little flock. I'm supposed to be a little, little boy, you know, just like trying, trying to get, trying to attain something that I can't attain on my own. Um, all the rosaries that I've ever said, there was a time in my life where I prayed three rosaries a day, like the whole, the whole thing, like morning, noon, night. It was awesome. Um, yeah, all 15 decades, all 15 decades. And then sometimes on Thursdays, I would pray the other 15. Um, <laughs> The other five. Um, but like there there were times definitely during that period of my life where I would mumble through a rosary, right? And the times in my life where I've fallen asleep, like destitute and bawling, clinging to my rosary because net, falling asleep watching Netflix isn't going to take away the pain that I'm feeling, right? The time that I've fallen asleep crying, praying half a decade of the rosary, those decades of the rosary, those, those beads have probably meant more to Jesus, even though they weren't quantifiably more than all the rosaries I've mumbled in my entire life. Because in those moments, I'm holding on to my rosary like a lifeline. Like it's the only thing that's keeping me afloat. And if I had that attitude of a lifeline, every time I walk into prayer, I would stop looking at myself as this big spiritual giant who can get through anything that life throws at him because I got God on my side even though mm. <laughs> I have the power of God and anime on my side, even though well, I'm... <laughs> you'd, you'd stop looking at yourself, period. And you would just Boom. You would just look at the father. Yes. Right. That's like, that's, that's what would happen. Charged is, up. Right. You would stop. We would no longer become part of the equation. It would just be, it would just be Jesus. Right. Like, mm. because we, he, he, he lives in us. Right. We are one with him by nature of our baptism, right? Yeah. By by the fact that we receive him inside of us every time we go to Mass. And so it's like, yeah, if we really view it as, I'm not saying that we need to have drastic breakdowns every time we, we go to prayer, yeah. but I am saying that, yeah, I agree with you. We want, we want to be holy and raptured in love. That's the final goal. And mm -hmm. love is the greatest of the virtues, right? Yes. And the fact that Thomas was planning on writing a three-part treatise on faith, hope, and love, and the fact that he only got through faith and then started on hope and then was fully enraptured in love. Like, he, you can go through the entire faith, and I feel like a lot of our listeners have, and I feel like I have. It's like I've spent... I've spent three and a half years, almost three and a half years, at Franciscan studying our faith. And if I even just had a glimpse of hope, I'd be enraptured in love. And then when you're there, faith and hope are absorbed into love and no longer become distinct. Because when you're in the face of the Father, you need no faith because everything is before your eyes. And you need no hope because everything is attained. It's over. You did it. And 
That's it, Jesus it, did it. We didn't do it. Jesus did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're right. That's so true. They're fine. Um, I just, I just want a little bit of hope. Um, because when I get like this, I feel hopeless, and it's not a hopelessness of like, man, I'm never gonna be able to do it. But that doing it, like getting to the goal, is impossible, and. I don't have the means to do it, which is a great, which is a great thing to realize because I don't have the means to do it. Right. And I don't know, there's the, the, that question of who are you, Lord, and who am I just has so much hope in it because a question presupposes the hope of an answer. Sometimes I go in the chapel, not expecting an answer. And then I'm disappointed when I don't find one, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, God, why didn't you answer the question that I didn't ask? <laughs> Man. More hope. Oh, yeah, more hope. That was good. That was a that was a lot. That was a lot. <laughs> I need I need a nap. <laughs> I was good thing it's nighttime and it's time to go yeah. to bed. <laughs> yeah. I get to I get to here's what I get to do. So I get to stand up, go to the bathroom, and just pass out. It's gonna be a nice night of sleep. Don't so forget to wash up. your hands. I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to pray and it's going to be, it's going to be different. So, or at least I'm going to try to do something different. Hope. It's not about what I do. Right. It's what about he, it's about what he did. It's what about what he did. Boom. And put that on, put that on a t-shirt. Put that on a t-shirt and sell it. Um, Put that in your t-shirt and sell it. This was the Crunch Catholic Podcast. You might have heard of us um, being made fun of on other various Catholic podcasts. Uh, welcome. We're glad you're here. Um, please leave us a five-star review and leave the podcast that recommended you to us a one-star review. Unless it was <laughs> uh, unless it was a podcast we actually like. Unless it was Clerically Speaking or Roman Circus. Or have they so. talked about us at all, Clerically no, Speaking? I don't know. Okay. I, here's the thing. Father Harrison's on my support team. I feel like I should at least get a shout out. But anyway, <laughs> um, thank you. Yeah, just thanks for listening. We've got a lot going on. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Ropostle at Catholic Pat, um, Instagram, Ethan Stevie, Patrick Nevy, I, I, I. Um, that's Patrick Nevy the third for those of you following along at home. We got a Patreon, patreon.com slash the crunch, which has got a lot of goodies in there. It's got about probably probably about an hour long bonus episode coming out. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna take at, we <laughs> of us of us workshopping cards for the for the Catholic card game. So yeah, check we it out. we spent we accidentally spent literally an hour of our of our recording budgeted time talking about the Catholic card game, and we've been talking for two hours straight. So we decided I decided that I'm just gonna take that hour long podcast unedited. There's some stuff. There's some stuff. There's some stuff. I'm gonna listen <laughs> to the whole thing, and I'm just gonna put go. it on. There we Make go. sure there's nothing horrible on there, because my mom is a my mom is a patron patrons yeah. patrons board. Yeah. And I'm just gonna plop it on. Sh- shout out Miss Nevy, shout and out. then I'm gonna plop it on Patreon, and you guys are all gonna get it. Uh, you can also follow uh, tu underscore focus for all of the hot news going on at the University of Tulsa um, Newman Center. Yeah. I'm in charge of that Instagram account. It will make me happy if you follow me and see the cool videos that I post. That, I'm pretty sure, is everything. 
Um, Encounter Houston is this weekend. If you have not registered for Encounter Houston, it might not be too late. I have no idea. I don't work for a door anymore. If you're going, it's going to be a blast. There's a lot of hangout time. Uh, literally the first day of the concert is just chilling and doing young adult Catholic things, which is probably going to include some kind of adult beverage. Um, drinking beer and comparing beards with each other. Yeah, looking looking at each other's beards and drinking beer and saying nice Does anybody want to go to Theology on Tap, young adults? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all that young adults like, right, is going to bars and talking about theology? Everybody nod their head in unison, yes. We live yeah. in such a weird generation. We really do. Nobody knows how to work with us. What we need to do is we need to take all the 35 to 40-year-old youth ministers, take the beer out of their hand, and swap it with a jewel. And then (laughs) we can start making some headway. (laughs) Let's get... Let's get all the Catholics nicotine addicted instead of alcohol addicted. Oh my gosh. That's, there's like, there's that's like, what we really need. There's like three waitresses at my restaurant that just take rips from jewels in the back of the, in, in the kitchen. Ugh. Ugh. It's just a little, it looks like a little Ugh. flash drive sitting on a USB drive, a USB that's port in, in yeah. the wall. And I'm like, what is this? Some kind of electronic. I'm just going to start carrying on a flash drive and just like suck on it like a lollipop. <laughs> oh, dude, Ethan's so sick. He takes rips from his jewels like every time he goes to the library, dude. There's there's no smoke that comes out of it, but uh, he seems to get smarter every time he puts it in his mouth. I don't know what, what he's got. <laughs> I think he's downloading a bunch of people encyclicals into his nose. Gosh, we're so funny. Um, <laughs> people need to pay us money. They, yeah, they should Patreon. pay us money. Patreon.com slash the crunch. All right, this is it. This has been a long episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a good episode. It's been good. Um, just want to say thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we'll see you next week. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 dollars more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details